Lord, that's a difficult prayer to pray. Probably the most difficult prayer to pray. But Lord, uh, when you become a people who are desperate for more of God, it's actually the only prayer we can pray. Lord, do whatever you got to do to remove from me the things that are hindering you. Lord, being in perfect unity with you is so good. We don't want to miss it for anything. So Lord, do whatever you got to do to remove those parts that are in me that don't align with you. Because we want to be closer to you. We want to be just living day by day, abiding in your presence. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Sunday, uh, last Sunday I started uh, talking about what it is to be spiritually healthy. And we'll continue talking about what it is to be spiritually healthy. Um, but I had a sermon written for today and God said, eh, we're going to change directions. And he, he, he's got a right to do that. I just don't have to like it, but, uh, he's done it this week and, uh, he did it Thursday. I was at a worship service Thursday night and, uh, uh how many of y'all know that, that when God is close, it can sometimes be dangerous. That's the truth because you can have, uh, plans <laughs> and intentions, but when you get close to him, his voice is clear. And so he, he, he redirected, uh, Thursday night and, and I come home and those who went to, uh, Canton with me, we had the conversation. I said, I, I'm a little troubled. <laughs> I think the Lord's changed my sermon for Sunday. And, uh, uh, it's, it's not an easy one. Well, I thought along the way, well, maybe, maybe it was just, maybe I missed it. Maybe I just an inclination that God was changing it. And yet he really didn't mean that he was just funning me. So, you know, God confirmed over and over and over again. And so today I'm going to, I'm going to touch on what I touched on Wednesday and if you don't come to Wednesday night uh, Bible study, then you don't have a clue what I'm talking about, but Here's, uh, here, here's me. If you hadn't got to know me yet, here's me. I will say things and then think about it after I said it and then think, why did I say that? So Wednesday night as I started my Bible study, I, uh, I jumped into a subject and as soon as I started into that subject, I'm thinking, oh no, why did I even open up this can of worms? And uh, knowing it was controversial, which I'm not afraid of controversy. Um, that sometimes gets us into predicament. So what did I say Wednesday that was so controversial? Well, y'all know that in our country, we're very divided right now on so many subjects. And, and this is one of them and it is the subject of abortion. And, uh, so you got two groups, you know, those that are for those that are against. And, and, and so what I said Wednesday night divided the group that's against into another, you know, there's now in that group, there's division. And here's what I said. I said, I don't call abortion murder. I don't call that young girl 
who is in that decision in her life a murderer. Yep, controversial. That's that's exactly right. And yep, I was misunderstood by some and uh, even just lately receiving phone calls. Did you say that you're for abortion? Nope. If you know me, that you know that we're on the front lines of saying, please save our babies. We love everybody. Here's the, here, so here's why I say I don't call it murder. Number one, uh, I had to settle this as a, a, a boy in high school. Uh, as I was uh, I signed up to go off to the military, I had to make a decision, okay, should it come to a time in which I must kill? What about murder? And I had to take the word of God and clarify in my mind what is and is not murder. Jesus does it in chapter five. He says, here's where murder comes from. It's from hatred. And so I said in my mind, okay, when that time comes, then I need to recognize that there's murder and there's killing. And, and, and so that's a different thing. And that's a whole other subject. And you're like, oh, we're going deep today. And uh, so I, I said, so uh, murder comes from hatred. And so therefore I don't call that young girl a murder. Now that doctor, I might, but there's all kinds of ugly. There's all kinds of issues. There's all kinds of, let me just come to the straight to the point as a child of God, the, the hub of my life is love. I love that child before it's been born and recognize that child was created by God in the image of God. And only God has the right to take that child's life. And I love that young gal who was made Confused is a good word. She, she made some, some, some bad choices that led to more choices. And, and, and if I'm going to use inflammatory words to condemn her when God's called me to love her, I'm not going to be very effective in saving the life of that child before she's made that choice. I'm not going to be very effective in letting her see the love of Christ in me. That's why I say that. That's why I use that terminology. And so I, I don't want to use it. That's what happens is we get in these controversial issues. And what we do is we isolate. We want to pull away from those that we don't agree with. We want to insulate. We want to put people around us that do agree with us. And then we want to insult. From, from my little safe space, I want to throw a word at you that's insulting. And I want to throw out this inflammatory word. And I don't want to do that. I want to be effective. I don't want to just give lip service to the fact that we want to save lives. We want to, we want to love people. I want to actually show it and do it. Amen. So that's why I made that comment. And what has that got to do with this message today? It has everything to do with this message today. Turn with me to the book of 1 John. 1 John chapter 1. And it says this in verse five, this is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Amen. Amen. By the way, the rest of the sermon will have nothing to do with abortion. <laughs> it's just so you know, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. In trying to come against darkness, I don't go dark. I shine the light. So if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. This is a, such a statement that, that maybe we're okay to this point because it's still a kind of general and generic. 
but it's about to get a little more controversial. Here's how I'm going to say it. And I believe the scripture backs it up over and over and over and over. In fact, this whole book of first John backs it up that I believe our relationship with people and our relationship with God are so interwoven that you cannot be spiritually healthy and relationally ill. Another way to say it is you cannot be right with God and wrong with man. Cannot. I believe it hundred percent. If you're, if you're, if you're right with God, you'll be right with man. If you're wrong with man, you, God says, uh, you need to check that and then come back to see me. In fact, Jesus said, if you come bring your offering to the altar and recognize that someone has ought against you, somebody's got an issue with you, you go get it settled with them and then come see me. I mean, I think that, that we've been missing it as the church for many, many years, and we just kind of uh, um, gloss over our mistreatment of people with sanctified words and terminology and think that we're holy. Here's how I've said it before. I, I, here's how I think this is good. I, I, I think it's good because I come up with it, but I, I think it's good. If I make you out to be bad, then I feel good about treating you bad. Ain't that good? That's, I thought it was good. Somebody ought to tweet that. If I make you out to be wrong, then I'm right when I treat you wrong. See, it's the justification. It's, it's, it's not the right kind of justification that we, or rationalization that we see in the scripture. It, it's, it's, it's good uh, to, to recognize that sometimes I have blind spots in my life. And I really don't want to address that issue in my life. And so what I'll do is I'll separate myself from that issue and I'll just kind of make these little pop shots. And so when I'm looking at this past scripture, I've now moved from the first conversation, the first topic that I was talking about into a a whole nother, into a broader area. We're going to bring it back down again. Y'all with me? We started real narrow. We're going real broad and we're coming back down narrow again. If we say that we have fellowship, verse six, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. And do not practice the truth. Practice the truth. It's one thing to say something. Are you doing it? It's one thing to say, oh, we love everybody. But are you practicing that? Practice the truth. Now verse 7, here's where we get, get right down to the nitty gritty. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Amen? And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. John, this guy who wrote this is called John the Beloved. He's the one who sat closest to Jesus at the Lord's Supper, leaning on Jesus' chest. He's the one that kept saying over and over and over again, he loves me. I'm I'm the beloved disciple. That's not an arrogant term. He's just like blown away that Jesus loves him. And, and, And now he says this, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. It's almost like, John, did you get these phrases out of order? Because we would say the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us of our sin, and then we have fellowship with one another. That's not, that's not, the, that's not the order. He says we will have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse us of our sin. It is so important that we're relationally correct if we think that we're going to be spiritually correct, we must be relational. So much so that Jesus says, 
when the disciples said, teach us to pray. He said, okay. And I touched on this last Sunday. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive as in like manner we forgive others who have sinned against us. And then he says, there's your little template for prayer. There's your little lesson today. And let me just follow up on that whole prayer. Let me just follow up on this point. If you don't forgive them, God won't forgive you. He could have followed up on any one of the points of his prayer. And he comes back to the relational part. And he says, if you don't get right with people, don't think you're right with God. That's tough, isn't it? That's tough. I thought that I could justify my hatred. I thought that I could be out of sorts with people and say, well, it's just because I'm walking with the Lord. And, and uh, that's why, because they're not. And so therefore, it's okay for me to be out of sorts with them. God says, no, it's not. No, it's not. Just because their sin's different than your sin doesn't mean that you're right and they're wrong. Just because their culture is different than yours doesn't mean yours is the right one. No, you, you, you respect whatever facet that they're in. And then when you respect whatever facet they're in, it may be that some doors are opened up that now you can impact them for the cause of Christ. That makes sense. I want to also look at, here's how I know that God intended on me to preach this message today. He confirms it over and over again through uh, other people in different circumstances. But when he confirms it with the scripture, man, it's so clear. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. And this passage of scripture, this came up as a verse of the day. And I'm just like, okay, God, I get it. I give, I'll preach it. And here it is, chapter 12, verse 14. Pursue peace with all people. Here's what I know about pursuing. I know quite a bit about pursuing. I love to hunt and I love to fish. What are both of those? Uh, it's a pursuit. I'm going after something. And sometimes I get so focused in going after something that, that, that that's, I mean, I'm laser focused. There was one particular time that, that uh, I had, uh, I, I, I did it again, brother. I'm fixing to go into a story and here, now that I've started, I got to finish it, right? So I'm, I'm in, a, I'm in a, a stalking mode on deer and uh, I put some dope pee on my feet. And so some of you are like, all right, too far. Go ahead and back up. Too late, I'm in it. So I got the dope pee on my feet and I'm just very slowly, just easing and creeping over these little hills and draws. And all of a sudden I get this little sense of something is on, is following me. And so I kind of peek around this tree that I have been like for an hour working my way around and a pack of coyotes has eased up on me. I did not realize that I was in a situation because I was in pursuit. And so when I saw them, uh, we both wet ourselves. So anyway, that's all <laughs> into that story. So <laughs> but to pursue something is to be so laser focused and going after. Here's the word to seek after eagerly, earnestly endeavor to acquire, to seek after eagerly pursue, earnestly endeavor to acquire. What am I to pursue? Peace, harmony and tranquility. So if I seek after eagerly, what am I seeking after? Peace, which is harmony and tranquility. What's the next? Let's keep on. So we're taking this verse apart word by word. Pursue peace with, everybody understands with. All right, here's this next word. All. What do you reckon that means? 
exactly what it says. Pursue peace with those that are just like you. Of like faith and practice. That's the terminology we use in churches, which is a bunch of garbage. But anyway, we, we quit doing that at Sensory. <laughs> Just so y'all know. Yes, it's out there. I forget. This is live streamed. And now all the other churches are like talking bad on us because I just used that term of like faith and practice. In case y'all don't understand, churches say you can join us if you are of like faith and practice. In other words, if you're of the same denomination we are and we agree on every doctrine that we do, then you can join us. But here's what I say. There's one church. That's the church of Jesus Christ. And we're all diverse and different and it's awesome. And it's supposed to be diverse and different. We're all at different stages of our walk with Christ and it's beautiful and that's the way God intends on it to be. And so it doesn't say pursue peace with those that are just like you. It says pursue peace with all people. All people. What do we not understand about all people? But here's what it does not say. Compromise your convictions in order to pursue peace with all people. No, that's not what it says. It says pursue peace with all people and holiness. But I don't think you can do the same. I don't think you can do both. Oh, yes, you can. Oh, yes, you can. You can, you can pursue peace and holiness. You can. And, and so let's quit rationalizing our hatred and start saying, you know what? I can do both. And I'm going to do both. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Did you catch that second part? Because so, I just kind of rushed through it because I, uh, I've normally rushed through that verse of scripture and failed to see what it just said. Without which no one will see the Lord. Coming back to that part that I believe our relationships with man and our relationships with God are so intertwined that you can't be wrong with each other and right with God. In fact, he says you won't even see God until you get that right. That is a powerful statement. Looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Looking carefully. Remember when we say that pursue? I mean, I was just laser focused. Laser focus. What I, it's not lip service. Oh, yeah, we love everybody. We love everybody. Oh, yeah, this is, we just love and we just love you way over there. Stay over there. We love you over there, but we'd just rather you stay over there. We love you. No, that's not what he says. Pursue. I'm going where you are so I can see things from your perspective. Because if I can't see things from your perspective, I really can't love you the way you need to be loved. So I've already touched on one hot topic. <laughs> I've already kicked the hornet's nest of one controversial issue, one of the greatest controversial issues of our time that we're living in right now. Let me hit another one. While we're having so much fun, and that is the issue of race. Why is it that Sunday morning at this time is the most racially segregated time of the week? It is a a blight on the church of Jesus Christ that we continue to remain so divided when we are to be the most loving people on the planet. I, when it comes to this matter of pursuing peace, I said that you need to see things from other perspectives. I have an agenda today in my sermon. And uh, my agenda today in my sermon is I'm laying groundwork for what will happen next Sunday. I have over the last several years been pursuing peace 
in this area of race. And to do that, you can't keep saying your little talking points and continue to throw out your little talking points and refuse to listen to their talking points. Does that make sense? You need to turn around and let's see things from your angle. Let me see. So I've been, I've been looking at, at it from this angle and I've been sharing with you my junk, but let me see things from your angle and let's actually see your hurt. The fact of the matter is, is that there is a, a community in this community that often gets overlooked because we just don't want to deal with it. When God has commanded, not just called, but commanded us to pursue peace with all people. And we'd rather isolate, insulate, and just every now and then say, well, I don't like that you do, and I don't like that you do. And God says, no, I told you to pursue peace with all people because you can't be right with me and still wrong with them. And next Sunday night, here's where I'm going with it. Next Sunday night at six o'clock, we're kicking back off Love Thy Neighbor. Amen. And, we're, and if you're not familiar with Love Thy Neighbor, Love Thy Neighbor uh, was started about 18 years ago. I did not realize it started 18 years ago, but my great friend, Pastor Apostle Coleman over at Gates Community Church, he started Love Thy Neighbor, and it is churches of different denominations, of different predominant races, of different culture and background, all coming together because we are neighbors after all, amen? Well, next Sunday, we're kicking it back off for this year, 2022. Uh, COVID really hit Love Thy Neighbor very hard because uh, many of the, the, the churches that are predominantly black were hit very hard with COVID. And y'all be praying for our black brothers and sisters in those churches because some of them are just barely hanging on. And so we sit at the lunch table this last week and it comes up. Uh, my good friend, Apostle Coleman says, uh, it's time for us to, because here's how we do love thy neighbor, just let y'all in. We'll do it at a predominantly white church and then a predominantly black church. And we do it at the predominantly white church, a black pastor will preach. And we do it at a predominantly black church, a white pastor will preach. And that's the best preaching I ever do, by the way. I love it. I mean, those people preach you to death. Amen. And uh, we, we, this is why I want some, I need some help up here. And so he, pre, he presents that. And he says, uh, are y'all, y'all willing to have it? I'm, I'm always willing to have it at Sand Springs. And he says, I got an idea. I think this will be very, very effective. I think this will be very, very good. How about this time, because it has to happen in February, that we celebrate Black History Month with Love Thy Neighbor? I said, I'm all in. I'm all in. And, and, the, and then the other, my, my black pastor friends, they're like, and they're like protective of me. I mean, that's just kind of how the, the tone that I got is like, shouldn't you feel your people out before? Yeah, and here's, and I said it and I, and I had to go back to a couple brothers afterwards and say, now I need you to understand how I said this was not how it sounded. And they both uh, said, no. The way you said it, we understood exactly what you meant when you said it. And here's what I said, and this is not derogatory to you in any way, shape, or form. I said, God called me to be the shepherd. They're the sheep. I'm not calling, no way demeaning to you, but what I'm saying is I need to listen to the Lord and what he directs me to do, not listen to the people and do what they direct me to do. Amen? That's how I meant it. 
I'm not wanting that to sound ugly like I'm trying to be a dictator or a tyrant or anything like that. Not at all. I have laid my, down my life for this church. And yet God says, no, I've called you to lead in this area. And I expect you to lead in this area. And it might be controversial, it might be uncomfortable, but you lead in this area. And here's what I do know, that I have sit down with probably a dozen of, lot of my African-American brothers and sisters, most of them all pastors, and, and, and some of them, man, we, we align on everything. We align on everything. Man, we just agree on everything. But, but sometimes you just kind of avoid that subject unless you intentionally address that subject. And here's what I can tell you on every one of them. Of everyone that I visited with and talked to, here's what I know. There is some deep hurt and for good reason. And if we claim to love them and are not willing to say, can I see things from your perspective? Can I come alongside you? No, if we just refuse to acknowledge the hurt, then I think all of these passages of scripture apply to us. I think that, that we need to say, no, you know what? Enough talking points, enough trying to claim my side and all this garbage that, that Satan loves. He loves to stir that garbage up. He loves to keep everybody divided because if, a, if you're divided, you're defeated. How about let me come over here to your side of the table. Oh, that was, that was your mama that experienced extreme hatred. It was your grandparents that were so brutally mistreated. I know what I would do if somebody did my mama that way. I know how I would feel if somebody treated my sweet grandma that way. Now I see why you hurt. I have sat down with, with every one of, uh, within Love Thy Neighbor, our, our black pastor friends, and, and, and listened to stories. And, and, and now Sister Mary Henderson, the Church of the Living God in Christ, sat down and, and listened to her stories. And, and, and just, I just want to listen. I just want, I'm not going to say anything. I just want to listen. And heard of how her sister was so brutally trampled and, and just ugly, ugly stuff. But you know, the one that really hacked me off was when I sat down with my buddy and, uh, and we're talking race relations stuff. And I said, but that was, that was a long time ago. And he said, no brother, that was in my life. I'm like, no, I mean, I, I, I know that, that we've progressed in time. And, and he starts telling me his story growing up in Greenville, Texas, where they have a sign that says we have the blackest dirt and the whitest people. And he said, it was me that had to come into town with my mom and dad on Saturdays only. And we had to come in the back door of the store so that we could be served. We couldn't come through the front door. I'm like, no, no, no. That had to be way before your time, brother Jerry. He said, no, that was me. And now I'm mad because that's my friend. How dare anybody treat my friend like that? Especially as a child. I mean, the innocent little child. And, and, and you treat just like, because they come from a different culture, they have a different color. They have, it don't matter if it's a race thing. It don't matter if it's a religion thing. We ought to be able to treat all people with respect as someone who is human that God loves. And then we can throw these, this, these statements out there, but until you get up beside them and start to feel their hurt, you really can't even understand it. And so do we really love all people? So here's what I, here was my agenda. My agenda is this. Next Sunday night, 
I want this place to be full. Six o'clock Sunday night. I want us to be overflowing into the fellowship, into the foyer. I want us to be full. You say, but, but I don't really have a problem in that area. Shut up. Just, just cut it out. Just, just cut it out. All right, so let's, let's read the rest of this. I should address that, but I'm not. I'll just leave it there. Mama's in Sunday school. I can say shut up when she ain't in here. Lest any root of bitterness. This is verse 15. Lest any root of bitterness spring up, cause trouble. You see, that's the problem with roots is they remain unseen. They remain hidden. And then you think that you don't have a problem in this area until somebody bumps your root. I, I, I didn't think. I thought I was doing pretty good in this area until somebody bumped me under the surface. I was sitting across it. I told you, this, this is not something that, that I'm just, I ain't just preaching here. I really did it. So <laughs> uh, that, that's a preacher joke. Y'all didn't get it, obviously. <laughs> I ain't just preaching. I really did it. I sat across the table uh, from many of the, 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 the black brothers in the community, but one of them was not a Christian brother. I didn't like him then. And if I were to be real honest with you, I don't like him now. You say that, preacher. I'm not supposed to say that, preacher. No, let me give you some background. This brother was lobbing a lot of darts across the table at me. And, then, and now he's talking about my kinfolk, <laughs> my parents and my grandparents who I have a godly heritage and a, and a sacrificing people and and so now he's kind of, you see how this happens, right? Oh, now you're taking shots at me. Well, here's this brother. He, he, he was a Muslim brother. And I want you to understand that I, I have a love for Muslim people. I've led many Muslim people to Christ. Uh, and, and I talked on that last Wednesday night too, how, how I've done that. But this was not uh, just a Muslim brother. This was a, a Louis Farrakhan Muslim who hated me and had religious reasons for hating me. Racism with religious boundaries around it still ain't right. But you know what it does? It stirs up ugly in you. And you're like, no, I've, no, no, I've, I've dealt with that area of my life. But no, what he did was he bumped my roots. He bumped those roots, those feelings that were deep down that I thought I had dealt with. All I had done was top, topped them off. I just cut the tops off. I quit doing the, the actions, uh, you know, the derogatory statements of, you know, well, I don't like this or I don't like that. I, 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 I've dealt with that, Lord. And he's like, no, but there's some deep rooted stuff there. And as long as they got roots of bitterness and you got roots of bitterness, we're not ever going to come together. Where does it use, where does it usually come from? It usually comes from hurt. It usually comes from hurt. I've experienced mine in the military. See, racism can go both ways, and I've experienced it. And so there's roots of bitterness that was under there, and I didn't know they were under there until somebody bumped my roots. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, fruit starts popping out of my mouth. You see, sometimes God has to reveal what's below the surface. But, but here's the thing. If it's revealed in that way, all it has done was reveal to you what was below the surface. Now it's your job to deal with it. God, I need you to heal this area of my life, but I didn't even know it was there until you revealed this area of my life. But if you won't reveal that area of my life, I can't heal that area of my life, he says. So, 
Sunday night, we're going to celebrate Black History Month in this church, in this sanctuary right here. And I'm going to be quite honest with you. I have never given Black History Month a second thought. That's not, that's not really my world. That's not really my realm. I, I, I don't know why I haven't given it a second thought, but I haven't given it a second thought. And, and, and when they said that at lunch uh, last Wednesday, I'm like, yeah, I'm good with that. And then I thought, um, why haven't I given this a second thought? Here's what I know. When, when, when you want to love somebody, here's how we do. We, we, we can be silly sometimes. If I want to love you, then I want to love you the way I want to love you, not the way you want to be loved. Is that really love when it's still all about you? Well, if I love you this way, then I feel pretty good about myself and I can move on thinking I'm justified in what I did. I, uh, no, when, 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 how, how many of you would like for me to love you the way I want you to love, uh, that I want to love you? Or would you rather me love you the way you want to be loved? And I had no idea in my little world that it was a big deal. But my friends that I'm sitting around the table with said, oh, this is a big deal. This is a big deal in the black community. And if we could do this in a white church, it's never been done in Athens, Texas before. And this could be ver the very thing that God uses to impact our community like never before. And I said, in my heart and mind, I'm willing to love you the way you want to be loved. Not just the way I, that I want to do it. I'm willing to come around over here on your side and see things from your angle. Not just on my side and lob little talking points and comments. I'm willing to feel the hurt that you feel as I hear your story. And now as I feel it, it brings a whole lot more understanding. And so, here's my agenda. Would you fill this house Sunday night and let our brothers and sisters know that we love them? Not only that, please don't let that be all that you do. Let us pursue peace. Pursue it. Go after it like nothing else in this world matters. Pursue it. See, this is why Jesus said, they'll know you by your love. What is he saying? They'll know that you're from me if you love each other the way that I love you. And here's what I think if I shorten it in my simple country terminology. I think it's more like this. They'll know me by your love. Because there's a whole community out there who's still hearing about this Jesus, who's still kind of interested in this church thing. But all they keep hearing is insult and negativity and division. I said this a little while back. It seems like in the social media or media and in the public eye, Christians are the only one that's okay to hate right now. Well, could it be because the church have been hating so many for so long? 
And the world looks at it and say, how is that right? How is that right? What's at the center of your theology? Love? What you're saying and what you're doing don't line up. And so how about we lay the talk aside, start walking the walk. Then when our walk aligns with his heart, we can start talking the talk again. Amen. And that is, we really love you. We really love you. Yeah, we've been pretty lousy at showing you that up to this point, but just know we really do. Well, how can you love me? We come from such different backgrounds. See, I've, I've been there in Israel with the Arabs and the Jews, and you talk about a people that hate each other and have for centuries and generations fought each other. And I've seen them come together on the banner of Jesus Christ and just love on each other hug and kiss. See, that, that's the part that messes me up a little bit. That whole kiss part. <laughs> Let me still work on that and get back to you. They just, these brothers just love each other. And Here's what you come to understand. Man, when I am so close to God that his nature becomes my nature, a lot of that junk just kind of fades into way. Fades away. So let us love in deeds, not just words only. Amen. Let's stand together. Father God, I pray that you would change every facet in our life that doesn't look like you. Every facet in our life that is contradictory to your heart. Well, we just pray that you'd you'd reveal it and you'd heal it. But we know that you can't heal what we don't give to you. I'm just reminded, Lord, as you, Lord Jesus, was walking by that pool that day, and there's that guy been laying there lame for all those years. (laughs) And you, Lord Jesus, asked the most stupid question. At least until I understood your heart, it sounded just silly to me. Do you want to be well? That was what you asked. Lord, how can a man laying there lame for 40 years not want to be well? And yet, Lord, I have run into Christian after Christian after Christian who don't want to be well. And so, Lord, you're asking us this morning. I believe at this very moment you gave me that word because you're asking us as a congregation, do you want to be well? And now here we are at the invitation time and we got, we got a decision to make. Do I? Do I want to be well? Because I cannot be spiritually healthy and relationally ill. I cannot be right with God and wrong with man. Yes, Lord, I want to be well. Do whatever you got to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Our altar team will be at the front over here at the corners. The altar is open. Here's what I know about God. When he lays something on your heart, he expects you to do something with it now. Here's what I know about the devil. If you don't do something with it now, he'll come in and steal the the, the conviction that God laid on your heart. That's what Jesus said he'd do. 
And so let's respond to however God has burdened our heart, convicted our heart, or encouraged our heart at this moment as we